All right, good luck and good mayid. Let us get going. So today's daf is daf Kuf Aleph, page 101 in the Heilige Meseches Ksubis. And we pick up uh, f- 10 lines from the bottom of Kuf Amadez, of 100b, 10 lines to the bottom. We are going to restart the Mishnah. Fascinating Mishnah. Hopefully we'll make it through uh, today's daf as well, through daf Kuf Aleph. And let us get going. God willing, we will at least finish the chapter, finish the parak, and hopefully make some headway into the next parak as well. Says the Mishnah. Hamim Anis, again, you have a young girl who's married off by her mother or brother underneath the age of Bas Mitzvah. She's a minor, and she's, she does mean on her marriage. She refused the marriage before she becomes a G'dayla Hashnia or a Shniya Larais, a rabbinic Arayis. So it's a, a, a generation removed from the biblical Arayis. For example, a great aunt, Vahailanis, and a woman who is a islandess, Aimbahem Ksuba, they are not going to receive a Ksuba, Peres, and also there's no Peres. And as we learned the, the Mishnah on Erev Shabbos, we explained there's really two main ways to, to understand what Peros, what the fruits have to do over here. If really it's the husband's one who's receiving the fruits of her land. So we gave the most simplest approach. Rashi gives two approaches. We, we went with the most, uh, the, the easier approach, which is that she cannot demand repayment of the payros because now that the marriage is nullified, she wants to go ahead and say, hey, so the land I brought into the marriage, you know, that you, to her husband, that you took fruits from, it's not fair that you took those fruits because we were never married. Retroactively, the whole thing is gone. So I want reimbursement of all the land, of all the produce you took from the land for the past couple of years. She cannot demand uh, reimbursement. That's what it means. That's what it means over here. Veloy Peres. Also Veloy Mizainis. She cannot demand support. What does it mean to demand support? So again, a few different ways to understand this. But over here, they, uh, we're dealing with maybe where the husband wants to um, not reimburse her for her expenses. Generally, if a woman, if a husband goes out of town and a woman borrows money to support herself, the husband's the one responsible to reimburse that payment. However, over here, if after the fact she, uh, if, if the husband went out of town and she borrowed money and then she refused the marriage, she cannot demand that money from her husband and also and also the worn out clothing. She cannot say, hey, make sure to give me uh, repayment of any garments that went down in value from at the time that we got married and onwards. If the husband knew she was an islandess all along, she is entitled to her ksuba and everything else, all the tenayim as well, everything else that comes that, that comes in, in a tandem with the ksuba obligation. Okay, Amar the Kain Gadol. Now we're going to get into forbidden marriages. Do they get a ksuba? So an Amar the Kain Gadol, a grusha, a widow to a Kain Gadol, a grusha, is going to head for divorcee or a chalutza. Marries a standard kind, also forbidden, but valid. Married to a, to a Jew, also forbidden, but valid. In all these cases, they're going to receive a ksuba. Now the question is, why are they going to receive a ksuba? Don't we want them to get married? Don't we want them to get divorced? The whole purpose of a ksuba is not to make it easy on the husband to get rid of his wife. So why over here are we demanding ksuba? Let's make it easy for him to divorce her. And say, you know, you could divorce her without a ksuva even. And this way we could end this avera that's taking place. And the, the uh, answer is that 
we're really we're obviously done with the situation. We're putting the resp- the onus of this marriage on him. We're putting the responsibility on him. He's the one who convinced this marriage to happen. She already took a loss because she's now, by the way, lost her status of ever being able to marry a Cohen by being in this puzzle relationship. So now we're putting the, the that uh, responsibility of the Ksuba on him. All right. <coughs> Says the Gemara. Rav Tani, Katana Yetzibaget. Rav said that a Katana leaves her husband um, through a get. So you give a get, still in Luxuba. There's not going to be a Ksuba. Now, the Koshke Mamanis. And this is true even by a, certainly by a, by a mima enes. What does that mean? If you have a father that marries off a daughter who's a katana and that marriage ends, she's going to receive a get. And there's no ksuva. A girl who refuses the husband, who doesn't even need a get, the whole thing is nullified retroactively, will certainly not receive a ksuva. Shmuel Tony, but Shmuel learned mima enes. If she refuses, then ain't lo ksuva, if you have a katana, who happens to go out with a get, then yesh laksuva, she's going to receive her ksuva. Listen, if the marriage remains valid, so then, and, and it, it doesn't end in, end in a refusal, it just ends in a divorce, there should be a ksuva payment. Vyazda Shmuel Tamei, Shmuel's consistent with his own reasoning. Damar Shmuel, Mema'ena saying laksuva, Mema'ena is not going to receive a ksuva. Yaitza beget, yesh laksuva. But if she goes out with a get, she will receive a ksuva. Mema'ena sleiposam in achim, also with a girl who's Mema'enes, she can marry her previous husband's brothers because she was never married to him. Again, she, she uprooted the marriage retroactively. She refused, um, she refused that marriage and she remains permitted to, her, to his brothers. The light possum and Akahuna, she doesn't become puzzle to a Kayan. Okay? She's, still per, she's uh, permitted to marry a Kayan. Why? Because she's not considered a divorcee. She's not considered a Grusha. She's considered like somebody. Who uh, who was never married, so a kain could still marry her. However, if she's going out with a get, then she's puzzled from the brothers who pass makahuna as puzzled from kahuna because she's a regular divorcee. And also, a girl who's memanas does not need to wait three months before remarrying. There's no issue in that situation as well. Yaitza beget top of today's daf. She goes out with a get. She will need to wait three months before remarrying. So that's other differences between a girl who ends whose marriage ends in a mion or a girl or a girl whose marriage ends in a um, in a mion or a girl who's who en- who ends in a get. All right, says the Gemara Vait. Zok the Gemara. My Kamashvelam. What is this Chiddush of Shmuel? Second line. Tanina Kulu. We already learned this in the Mishnah. A woman, a, a, a husband who does mion to a man. She has, she's this Kitana. She does mion. He's mutter to marry her sister, for example, because he was. The, she's not a sister-in-law. She remains mutter to his craven. If he gives her a get, who asks her? Then... Now that it was a get, so the marriage was valid. So they remain, we'll call it brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws. And all their relatives are going to remain forbidden. And she's passed from Kahuna because she has the status of a divorcee. Okay. Says the Gemara. Akasha. What's the Kasha? Clear cut. Shmuel taught us that there's difference between Mion and Getz. Why does he got to learn that out over here explaining our Mishnah? 
Answer the Gemara, you're right, those part of the halachas is not an added chiddush in Shmuel. The added novel idea that Shmuel is teaching me is about a, a, a girl who does, um, a, a girl who receives a get as a katana, needing to wait three months before remarrying, that's not explicitly in a Mishnah, and that's the added chiddush of Shmuel. Okay, very good. She's got to wait three months. Says the Gemara, Leima ketana Let's say the Machlaikasin Rav and Shmuel, these early Amairaim, was already a Machlaikas amongst Tanoim. Where do you see that? Marriage of a Katana doesn't happen. Now, what does it mean doesn't happen? If she married herself off, nothing happened. So, if she's not married, her husband, who not, is not her husband, she doesn't get her mitzias, her findings, like my or her earnings. Cannot nullify her vows. And the doesn't hurt her. If he's a if he's a kayan, he can't become dummy to her. Bottom line is, yeah, they're not considered husband and wife except that you're going to need mian. Again, this is when the mother and brother um, marry her. Um, yeah, this is when the mother and brother. Marry her off. Okay, now, that is the opinion of the Tanikamba. Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua says, no. My sikatana klum. My sikatana means that if she's going to marry herself off, it will have an effect. Something can happen. The same way when her mother and brother marry her off, it's going to have a rabbinic effect. So too over here. <coughs> Excuse me. Ubala zakam yasa. If she's married... Her husband will get her mitzvah, and her earnings. Can nullify her vows. The yarsha and inherit her mitamidla, and he could attend her levaya. Bottom line is, she's considered a full fledged wife, but you go out with mia. Now, seems to be very clear. The same machlaik as between Rav and Shmuel is the machlaik as between Rabbi Shua, in that Rav will agree. With Rebbe Eliezer, that it's not a marriage, and therefore there's no ksuva, so on and so forth. The Shmuel is going to say to Rabbi Shua that it is a valid marriage. Says the Gemara, no. I'll leave it. Rabbi Lezer, kuli amalei pligi. In Rabbi Lezer's opinion, both Rav and Shmuel, um, both Rav and Shmuel will agree. Meaning, both Rav and Shmuel agree to Rabbi Eliezer's approach that there's no ksuva payment when she marries herself off. Okay. Everybody agrees with that. Keep pligi. So what's the machlekes? Ali with Rabbi Yeshua. They're arguing in Rabbi Yeshua's approach. Okay, they're arguing Ali the Rabbi Yeshua in Rabbi Yeshua's approach. Let's explain. Shmuel Rabbi Yeshua. Shmuel holds like Rabbi Yeshua, which was Svara. We thought Shmuel held like Rabbi Yeshua all along. Okay, and therefore there's a uh, there's a Yerusha. On the Ksuba, the Rab, but Rab, I can't like Rabbi Yeshua. Also, Rab will say, I also fit like Rabbi Yeshua. How could you fit like Rabbi Yeshua if you held it's not, there's no Ksuba? So he says, Where does Rabbi Yeshua say there is a Ksuba? That's as far as what she earns going to him. But about things that are obligated on from him to give over to her. That lie, Rabbi Yeshua will not say that you get it. So basically, Rab, uh, what what um, Rab is going to say in, in Rabbi Yeshua's opinion is that even if you're going to say that the marriage is not valid and there's nothing that goes from her to him, from him to her, 
everyone will agree, even Rabbi Shur will agree, that she's not going to receive Aksuba. Period. Two dots, right smack dab in the middle of Kuf Aleph, Amar Aleph, Nusugya. Let's get back to what our Mishnah said. All right, here we go. We said, Veloy Blois. Okay. If a woman, a young girl, does meon on her marriage, Veloy Blois. So, or she's Shneel Arayas, Osamid Rabbonon, or an islandess, so they cannot be reimbursed for the worn out clothing. Amalei Ravuna that they brought into marriage. Amalei Ravuna Barachiel Rav Kahana. Ravuna Barachiel said Rav Kahana. Amritlon Mishmei Dishmuel. It was told to us in the name of Shmuel. Loishanu Ella Nixim Beluk. This whole halacha applies to Nixim Beluk. Avruksei Tzam Barzal. But in the case of Nixim Tzam Barzal, let's say she brings, she's not bringing into the marriage Nixim Beluk, but she's bringing Nixim Tzam Barzal. Then Isla. She will receive the belois. And I remember the difference in Nixay Malug and Nixay Tsaim Barzel is that Tsaim Barzel automatically she's going to get back the value. Nixay Malug she brings in and she's going to get back whatever it was she brought in. The exact thing. So she brings in land that was worth $100,000 at the time of marriage and then it depreciates when they get divorced. It's only worth 75000 The husband doesn't owe her anything. She's getting back the same thing. There's no commitment to the value. However, Nixay Tsaim Barzal, there's a commitment to the value. So if things get worn out, there was a commitment to the value. He should have to, re, he should have to reimburse her. Have ba Rav Papa Ahai. Rav Papa asked the Shaila, where did we say this Allah? If we're done with the girl who does miyun to her husband, that we say um, she does not receive the blois uh, when there's Nixay Malug. If the clothing are here by Mion, we should say whether it's Nixay Malug or whether it's Nixay Tsaim Barzel, either way, we should say that she, sh- she should take it. Take it. Take the worn out clothing. I mean, uh, just go ahead. Feel free. Why wouldn't she get it back? Either way, by Nixay Malug, it's hers. She could take it back. The Ida Lesnahu, and if the worn out clothing are no longer here, they're not here anymore. They were, uh, you know, they were donated somewhere else or thrown out, no longer have use. Either way, she can't take the worn out clothing. Ella Islandess. So we must be done with the case of an islandess. But again, no matter who you're talking about, same thing. If the if when we found out she was an islandess, it's still here. The um, she should take both. And if they're both not here. We should have said the opposite, which was malug sakaimi malug that it it, it uh, was always in her rishus, so it never left her rishus. So isla she should be she should be paid back for it because it got worn out and it's not in existence. Well, we're, we're committed to give her something at least. What's not hers again because. The reason why it's not hers is because it's now in the husband's property. He's the one who's committing to the value. So it's like he's, you know, he's uh, owning it during the time of marriage. Lesla, she should not be compensated. Okay. So it's not talking about this Allah of worn out clothing. It's not talking about a mima enes. It's not talking about an islandess. Ella ashnia. It must be talking about a shnia arayas. A secondary arayas. A, a rabbinic arayas. Okay. And the Rabbonon say, you're not going to get back the worn out clothing. 
and uh, because we want to take it out on her, and also we want to uludidei, we want to give a knas to him bidida by by things that otherwise should have been uh, that that otherwise would have been to his credit, something that we would have allowed him to uh, to benefit from, and therefore we're going to say that. Um, He's going to be obligated to pay her back for nixay tzayim barzel, but he's that, that are worn out. But he's not going to be obligated to pay back for nixay malug that are worn out. So what do you see from here? Amar of Simi Barashi Kahana That when a woman brings glima a garment into a marriage, you should know that is karna, that is karen, that is the principal amount. And since that's considered a principal value that she's bringing into the marriage, the husband has to be careful not to make tremendous use out of it, not to wear it, that any garment, that coat, whatever it is that she's bringing into the marriage, to a point of wearing it out. He's not allowed to do such a thing. All right? Now, why do you see that? Because he says, by an Iser der Abonon, by Shni we're not going to reimburse her for nixay malug as a knas. But you see that in general, we would reimburse her. If we're reimbursing her, it must be karen. And the husband's responsible to make sure that it doesn't get worn out. Says Gemara of Omar of Nachman, but of Nachman says, Pei that the husband using the garments of nixay malug that the, husband, that the wife brings into the marriage is considered usage, it's considered produce, it's not considered the karna. Says the Gemara, fine. To Rav Nachman, pliga. She's arguing on Rav Nachman. Fascinating machoikis. Which is, if a wife brings a garment in, a coat, we'll call it, into a marriage as nixay malug, how do we view this? Um, is it viewed, as the coat itself viewed as karen? Or is the wearing of the coat viewed as produce, as paris? Because those are gains. The, the warmth that the coat provides is like the apples that the land provides when it, uh, when it grows. Okay. Says the, says the Mishnah of Aiter, two dots about... Nine lines from the bottom of Kufalov Amaralev. Ain Luxuvam. All these three cases, no There's not going to be the Iker amount of the Ksuba, the hundred or two hundred. Avol Toisefes Yeshla. The extra amount that was committed, that was promised, <coughs> she will get. She will be paid. Okay? Why? Because don't do a Ksuva, don't do the marriage. It's Matana. It's a present that the husband is given. Tanamiyok, we learned the price similarly. Noshim Shamrachom Ainlam Ksuva, women, the Kham say don't get a Ksuva, Kikaima Manas for Khabrisha, Ainlam on a Messiah, they don't get the Ikra amount. Avol, Taisafes, Yeshlahem. They are going to get the extra amount. Noshim Shamrachom Yaitse Shalab Ksuva. Also, women who the Kham say, you know, that uh, they leave the marriage without a Ksuva, Kigain, Iveras al Dos for Khabrisha. Those are cases we had earlier in the Masechta. A woman who goes against the doesn't follow Kedos Maisha Yisrael, the laws of Maisha and Klau Yisrael, and everybody else listed there as well. Ain Lahem Toisefes. They also lose out not only on their Ikr Ksuva, their main Ksuva, they even lose out on the Toisefes. Vachoshkein Mona Masayim. And they certainly lose out on the principal amount of the Ksuva because it says they go out at a Ksuva. They go out at a Ksuva. That means you're not getting the Ikr amount. Not only are you losing out the Ikr amount, but you're losing the extras as well. Okay, fine. So only a woman who's Iveras al does. And similar situations do you lose the Taisafas. But in all other cases, for example, a Mima Enes, or a Shni Alarayas, or an Ilanis, 
it seems, what are they going to lose out? The Iker, the main amount. But the Tesefes, they will receive. Okay. If I saw Shemra, let's say you have a woman who gets divorced because I saw Shemra. There's word that goes out about her that she was uh, being loose. Yeah? She was being unfaithful. They tell us, Masha lefaneha v'yaitza. He doesn't have to give her a ksuba, but she takes back anything she brought into the marriage, and she leaves. This is a proof to Ravuna. says, Zinsa, if a woman is mezana, she doesn't lose out. Top of Amad Beis. Anything that she has, even things that are worn out, that are here. Meaning, if a woman doesn't follow halacha, she transgresses, she's unfaithful, she is still going to get back her malug property. We don't find, we don't knas the malug property. Tony Talikamid of Nachman, we learned the b'raiser that was taught in front of Nachman Zinsa, Okay, she has actually lost her b'loisa. Omar they said to him, Imhi Zinsa, if she was mezana, Keleha mizanoi. Why would she lose her clothing? They're hers. I understand why she's not going to get a ksuba because the husband, it's not the husband's choice to divorce her even. Halacha says you got to get, you're obligated to divorce. And what she did caused her to lose out on the rights to collect money from him. But nichse malug are hers. You're going to take something away from her, out of her ownership? Says the Gemara, you're right. It's got to be that she lost her ksuba, but she gets back her worn out clothing, so to speak. She gets back all her nechseim alok. This is the of Rav Menachem Stam, the plain uh, Rav Menachem. If there's znos, she hasn't lost out her blo'isel. Okay. Very good. So uh, bottom line is, we are paskening lehalacha like the chachamim. Two dots, Mishnah, im metchila nasa v'chuba. If let's say the husband knew all along that she was an islandess when he married her, she's obviously going to receive her ksuba. She doesn't forfeit her ksuba. He knew. So that was so a choice that he made. Omar Ravuna, Ravuna says, Islandess, Isha of Asia. An Islandess is sometimes considered a woman, sometimes she's not considered a woman. Almana, Isha Gemura. A widow marrying a Kaingadol is considered an Isha, a full fledged woman. Now, what is, what's the Nafkamina considered a full fledged woman or a woman, not a woman? This has an impact on the extent of the marriage. And Almana certainly is fully married. And Islandess, Shiloh, whether she's fully married or at all. Islandess, Isha, Veni, Isha, what does that mean? Hikirba, if he knew, Yesh Laksuva. He's got to give Laksuva like a regular wife. Like Hikirba, if he didn't know when they got married that she's an Islandess, ain't Laksuva. She's not considered a wife. She's not considered like a woman who married. And she's not going to receive Laksuva. Almana, Isha, Gemura. And Almana is considered Isha, Gemura. Bain Hikirba, Bain Layagaba, Yesh Laksuva. Whether or not the Kangadon knew that she was a widow at the time that he got married, He's always obligated to give her a ksuba like, uh, like any wife. Okay. <clears throat> says the Gemara of Rav Yehuda, Amar Yehuda says no. 
If a husband didn't know what he was in for, she's not going to get a ksuba. The the widow didn't tell him, you didn't tell me you're a widow. You didn't tell me you're not a besula. What does that mean? It's a mekachtois. Can't do that to me. And now you're going to tell me, give you a ksuba because I've got to divorce you? Absolutely not, says Rav Yehuda. May say, that's a challenging question. The Kohen Gadol knew or thought. Rashi says, <laughs> she told him. She's a widow. That was your decision, Mr. Kohen, Rabbi Kohen Gadol. Hastama, let's say he didn't tell her. There's no Ksuba. So you see that Rabbi Yehuda is correct. Says the Gemara, No, doesn't mean that if he doesn't know there's no ksuva, Elaima rather say, if he married her, says Rashi, she said she's a basula. She said and said, I'm not a widow. Venimsa she can't, turns out she lied, in Luxuba. Then we say in Luxuba. Avalstamamai, what happens if she didn't say anything? What would be the halacha? Isla. Unless she lied to him, she would get a ksuba. Aditani, but this that we learned, Becheska she came. That there's a chazaka, that she was uh, uh, not a widow. But him, she came to now she is a widow. Yesh looks over, she got to So both stomas contradict each other. So what do you do? Says the Gemara, and furthermore we learn, it can also be a dua, let's say he married her knowing she's a widow. And she is a widow. Yesh looks over, she's going to get a ksuba. That's on you. You made that decision, the kind God to marry this widow. Can also stam. If he marries her stam, nothing was said in Luxuba. She doesn't get Luxuba. You have to Ravuna. It's an upshlag on Ravuna. Says the Gemara, no. Ravuna masnisen ateise. Okay? It was actually Ravuna that got caught by our Mishnah. Why did he get caught by our Mishnah? Kind of his, his mistake started through how we read the Mishnah. How so? Who savar? He thought, me the kamaflik ba'ilanis. That since we say an islandness is different, and we didn't make this this discrepancy by an almana, that we could imply that an almana gets a ksuva even with uh, stam, if nothing was said. It's not true. When do we say an almana gets a ksuva? That's as far as making her different from an islandness. Meaning, What's the bottom line? When it comes to a widow, she only gets a ksuva if she told her husband beforehand that she's an almana. If she never told him anything, either she lied, said I'm not a widow, certainly she doesn't get a ksuva, and she never said anything, also she's not going to receive a ksuva. Hadron Allah, almana nizaynes, hadron Allah, almana nizaynes, Hadron Allah, Almana Nizaynes. Mazlov, everybody finished the 11th parak of the Heligim Ezechus Ksubis. Bez Hashem will return to 11th parak. And now we begin the, we, we begin the 12th parak, a brand new topic that basically has a lot to do with uh, stepchildren and responsibilities that husbands have to the, uh, to the children of their wives. Let's get going. Says the Mishnah. Somebody marries a woman and they, they make a condition between them. They, they make up sack. They have an agreement. 
We're getting married, and she tells her husband, you have to feed my daughter for five years. Your stepdaughter, five years, you have to take care of her food. So, a man's as good as his word. You said five years, that's what you said, you got to follow through. Now, would you think otherwise? No. We'll wait for the Gemara. What's the major chiddush over here? This is the Akhir. Let's say she marries somebody else. Uposka imai. Now, this guy agreed to feed his da- the daughter for five years. The marriage doesn't last five years. And then she marries another guy. And he agrees with her to feed the daughter five years. Okay? Still, husband number one has to feed her for five years. Listen, when she uh, wants to live in my house, then I'm going to feed her. No, bring her food. You said you're going to feed her. Bring her food. And the two husbands both can't say, we'll split the cost. No. One guy, one husband's obligated to bring food. Another guy's obligated to pay her an allowance, the value that it costs to feed her for five years. That was each of you agreed. Husband number one, you said you're going to take care of her? Go do it. Husband number two, you said you're going to take care of her? Go do it. This says, let's say this girl who they promised to support for five years each now gets married. The husband has to feed her. And they're also feeding her. All right. Incredible. So she's going to have three avenues of income. Mesu, let's say the husbands die. So now the property has to feed this girl from the chosim b'nei chayrin. V'ini zaynis b'nei chosim b'shubadim b'bnei shi kabbalas chayv. You owe her money. Each of you owe her money. So the estates need to follow through on the financial support. Okay. Now here we go. Says the Mishnah, how do you wiggle out of her receiving triple support? So, hapichim hayu kaisim. The smart ones, the keen ones, would write, When you marry a woman, you say, I agree to support her up to five years, as long as you're with me. Okay, well, guess what? The moment that marriage ends, no matter how, it might end to a divorce. It might end by one of them dying. As long as the marriage is not continuing, the husband is removing his achrayas. That's what you have to write. So a wife says, you guys borrow this? She says, listen, I'll support you as long as we're together. That's a smart way to go about it, says the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Idmar, we learned, somebody says to his friend, I'm obligated to pay you a mana. Let's call it $100. Rabbi Yechon says, you got to pay. Rabbi Amar, Potter. No, you don't. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? What's the case? If somebody says to somebody else in front of others, and he looks at those other people, and he said, you guys are witnesses that I owe this guy $100. My time, the Yishakosh took a potter. Why would Yishakosh say you don't have to pay? There's witnesses. And if there's no witnesses, my time, the Yishakosh took a potter. Why is Yishakosh's beloved brother-in-law, Yishakosh, obligating the $100? What's the source of obligation? You want me to pay 100 bucks? Go prove it. Bring witnesses, no witnesses. So what's this dispute? What's the case? It says, really, 
No, he didn't don't say to anybody who witnesses. He says, listen, I owe you a hundred dollars through a star. What did you mean? He said, instead of saying I owe a hundred dollars, he made he wrote an IOU. By putting your signature on a piece of paper writing you owe an IOU, hundred dollars, it's as if you're, you have you have witnesses. Shlaka says no. Shlaka's not a potter. You write a document saying somebody owe you hundred dollars. Potter, la'yalim and most of the star. Yeah, that's not enough. By me being the one who writes a letter to you, no, no way the money, nothing is no obligation. Tanam we learned in the Mishnah. Anai says Isha somebody writes a woman who poskim my laws on asbita chamishanim. He agrees. He's going to feed her daughter for five years. You got to do it. Now, my love ki gavna. It's got to be a case where there was a note that was written. Because otherwise, there's no chiddush of the Mishnah. There, there, there's nothing, uh, there's no major chidushim over here. It says the Gemara, lai. there's no proof from our Mishnah, the case of the commitment to the, uh, the, the commitment to the mother, they're going to take care of the daughter for five years. That's not a case where it's written down. Bishtare psikasa. Because we're dealing with shtare psikasa. We're dealing with a star that, like we said in the Mishnah, what was the word? They were paska. They made a ruling between them. They completely agreed with all the bells and whistles to what this document is going to obligate. Uchdur of Gidl, like the Allah of Rav Gidl, Dom Rav Gidl Marav. Kama at that uh, usually by a marriage, the parents say, you know, how much are you going to give your son in the new marriage? I'll give this amount. Kama at how much are you willing to give in because your daughter to the marriage? If they each come to an agreement and each one says what they're going to give the young couple to support, and then they walk in and then well, he puts a ring on her finger. So now, whatever was done at that marriage is going to obligate whatever was spoken immediately prior. These types of things are, are done even with just speech. Agreement, this is my commitment, this is your commitment, and you don't need a specific act of Kenyan. What you see from over here is that... Um, you can have a complete obligation that a w- between husband and wife without any sort of adim or anything else of that matter. So go back to our mission now. When it says that a husband and wife were puska, they, they had a, a psak between them, it's like one of these situations where parents say, I'll give $500 a month. Other parents says, I'll give $500 a month. And that was the agreement. So he's going to be obligated to pay her. That's not dependent on any sort of document. There's no document. It's dependent on witnesses, not witnesses. All you need is, this is something that's nicknamed by Mira, something that's acquired with just verbal commitment. And therefore, our Mishnah, which, it, which again, discusses Pascha, and the Halacha of Rabbi Echenon are two separate Halachas. There is no Raya for Reish Lakish, and we will hold it here for this evening. Besham tomorrow, we will pick up with Toshma and try to prove whether Rabbi Yechinon's opinion or Reish Lakish's opinion is correct. Have a wonderful 
wonderful uh, day until tomorrow morning, and then uh, we're we're back to Yom Tefim Hashem. All right, uh, get nacht and a Heilige Hishana Rabba. All the best, cover.